This is your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers. Turn, hand off the middle, hit the backfield and drill. Again, 13's there to make the tackle. Nebraska wins its fifth national championship. Giving you an inside look at everything going on in Husker Nation, this is the KLIN Husker Hour. Strike three called, and the Huskers are the Big Ten Conference champions. Sunset ballot, underdog, and they have won! Exclamation point! Now your hosts, KLIN contributor Cole Stukenholtz and KLIN reporter Matt McMaster. Good Saturday morning. Welcome to another edition of the KLIN Husker Hour. We are off and running in 2024. We are not both together. Matt McMaster still back in Skokie, Illinois. Hello, Matt. Hello, Cole. How are we? We are good. It is uh, it is transfer portal visit weekend. It is huge hoops weekend. Jordan Hooper is getting her jersey number retired uh, tomorrow at PBA for uh, the women's big game against Indiana. Nebraska men have a huge opportunity today. A lot is going on as usual, and uh, we are here to bring it to you. I think uh, we're f- officially in the non-football phase of of sports in in Husker sports I- I- at least, and you know it's really exciting time. I mean, this is kind of the the area, this kind of January, February, a little bit bit into March before spring football begins, where we're really just focused on basketball. And I think that when we're looking at these two teams, both of these. These sides, men's basketball and women's basketball, Cole, have gotten off to starts that uh, you couldn't, honestly, you couldn't ask for better, at least in in terms of the histories uh, of these programs. And it's it's really exciting to see both of them have massive games coming up to, and not only massive games, but kind of prove-it games. You look at uh, the women's team, they've done just about everything except for beat a true-ranked opponent. Uh, they beat Maryland, they beat Wisconsin, they beat Michigan State. Uh, they suffered a, a tough loss to TCU and Creighton, but they're going to play number 14 Indiana tomorrow. That's going to be a, a really tough test for them, but hopefully they're going to have a, a pretty big crowd at PBA to, to honor such a special event with the retirement, like you mentioned, of Jordan Hooper. And then the men today uh, at Wisconsin against a good Wisconsin team, they've kind of done the same thing, right? They've They've beaten... A lot. They've won a lot of games, but they've done everything but beat a ranked opponent. Uh, they've had two tough losses, um, so it's a really big opportunity for the men today. And I think that if they are good from the free throw line and good from the three point line, um, like they were against Indiana, they 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 have the opportunity. You know, the funny thing is, Cole. I'll say something that I didn't think I would say at the beginning of both basketball seasons. I think that both of these teams have the ability to beat anyone at any given time. Right. Okay. I, I, I just think they're good enough. They're both they're they're built pretty similarly in all honesty. Like they have really high caliber players. Um Jawan Gary, Kesei Tomanaga are kind of the, the two that stick out rink mask along with them. And then around those three guys is a lot of really good supporting players. Uh, it's the same thing with the women's team. You got Jazz Shelley, Alexis Markowski, and that kind of third supporting roles, Natalie Potts, and then around them is a really solid team. So uh, both great starts for both sides, and it's going to be a really exciting next couple months uh, for just Husker basketball in general. Yeah, I, the watching the Indiana game in the first half, the the way that everybody was playing their role was what really yes. struck me. You have Bryce Williams, one of the one of the better players on the team, and he gets in foul trouble immediately, and he's basically non-existent for that first half. You did not have Keisei Tomonaga going in the first half, and yet they were they were basically shutting other guys on Indiana down. The only guy who could do anything was uh, their seven footer, and and Nebraska was still finding ways to score. They were still. Moving the ball around, Josiah Alec knew he was not on the floor to to put up shots. He was out there to yeah. play defense, totally hustle agree. his butt off, make free throws when he had his opportunities. 
And then when it was time in the second half, Bryce Williams came back in. He contributed. Keisei Tomonaga went off for 28 points total on the night. Uh, you had Jamarcus Lawrence start to get his shot going. It, it, it surprised me at the end of the game to see that Jamarcus Lawrence actually had the best plus-minus of anybody on the team. Uh, it, 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 he was right above Josiah Alec, if I recall. So the way that everybody has kind of filled their role they figured out the roles pretty early, and that's kind of the benefit of that softer non-conference, right? That has built that has allowed Nebraska to figure that stuff out, even though that non-conference strength of schedule is going to be a little bit of a a weight on them when their resume is considered. It, it got them a chance to define what everybody needs to do on the floor, the rotations, who's coming off the bench. C.J. Wilcher and Juwan Gary are coming off the bench. Everybody. Like yeah. those those two guys are playing really really good basketball right now, and they're both doing it in a reserve role. the 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 role playing has been the the key, I think, for me uh, for for these wins early on against K State, Michigan State, uh, and and now the one against Indiana, and it's going to be key again today, no doubt about it. Well, so I like what you brought up in terms of the strength of schedule because I totally agree with you. I mean, they they didn't play an incredibly tough strength of, uh, uh, non-con slate, right? I mean, they had uh, uh, Kansas State, which they won a big game on the road. I mean, that was a pretty big win. And then, you know, Creighton, they kind of got, you know, the doors blown off of them, uh, you know, at home. So that was tough. But I'll say this, for people who might be worried, well, maybe they didn't play as great of a non-con strength of schedule as you would like in order to build your NCAA resume, as Michigan State, how it is playing a really tough strength of schedule and how that can affect the season. I mean, they came out, that team played Duke, they played Arizona, they played Wisconsin, they played Baylor. Like, now they're going in to a Big Ten conference, a Big Ten season that's going to be tough on its own, and they've just been battered by these tough, close games that they've had to play. I think that Nebraska, like you said, Cole, they they played a, a not-as-tough, non-con schedule as they had in the past and that's been able you know it's allowed them to create chemistry and play a really good game against indiana the thing about this indiana game it's a big win it's a big win for this fred hoiberg program because it's a win that they haven't been able to get in the past indiana came in they're a good Indiana team, a 10-win Indiana team that's played Kansas close, that has won. They were 2-0 in the Big Ten going into it, and they beat them by fifteen six uh, by 16 points. Okay, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a big win for this program. But big picture, this is the type of win that needs to be a regular occurrence if this Fred Hoiberg program is going to get to where fans want wanted to be and I'm assuming fans wanted to be a perennial championship big 10 championship contender a, a competitive program and so when a solid team comes into your home even though you know not a not a great team just a solid team comes into your place a good team comes to your place and you're an also good team you should be pushing them to the limit and that's what Nebraska did so right now the current era massive win I mean Indiana's if the, you don't think they're a blue blood, blue blood pro- program, they're as close to being a blue blood as you possibly could be. And so right. you come in, you, be, you beat that team. But in terms of big picture, this is a win that this program has to get used to having. You know, just being a good team, welcoming good teams in your place and not letting them come into your place and beat you. So it, it's a, a step in, in the right direction for Nebraska and Fred Hoiberg. And it, they're gelling and they're clicking. But – I'm saying right this right now, it's not the best time to be clicking. You don't want to be clicking in January. You want to be clicking in February, and you want to be clicking in March. Yeah. So this yeah. team is going to have some rough patches, but uh, it's a great start. Yeah, you're right, and you you definitely want to be clicking later in the season, but uh, you, you certainly need to collect some of those those wins now as well. And and one of the things Absolutely. that yeah, one one of the things that sticks out about that Indiana win when you juxtapose it with a win like say Kansas State. You see teams that make it to March, and you see teams that make, frankly, a, a little bit of a run in March, being able to win games in different ways. And you have now Nebraska scoring in the high 80s to win a game against Indiana, and then you have that game against K-State on the road where they don't allow 
K-State to do anything in the second half. 12 points scored in the second half. Yeah. You can both go off offensively and play shutdown defense. Those two attributes uh, are, are not typically part of a lot of teams' arsenal. So, so the fact that Nebraska has already shown that they can do both, that should give them a lot of confidence going forward in any game. It should give them a lot of confidence that you know whatever the whatever the matchup is that's thrown at them whether it's you know somebody that's going to throw it down low a lot like you know <laughs> Zach Eady on Tuesday you're you're going to see a lot of uh, yeah. a lot of possessions down in the paint with him uh, whether it's guys who can lit, light it up from the three point line you'll see plenty of teams like that Nebraska has shown that they can evolve with the game plan they can they can figure it out on the fly even and make adjustments throughout the game uh don't have to wait for halftime uh they they've been able to do it a number of different ways so so that part of it is is pretty important as well um as far as what's coming today with that Wisconsin game the, the K-State win was important because that was on the road that was part of why that Minnesota loss uh not just because you were ahead but it would have been another win on the road the road opportunities are important i think it's more important to have the import, the the impressive wins compared to uh the the bad losses in terms of like what counts uh for you or against you uh by the selection committee they're going to look for teams who can beat other tournament type teams they're going to look for teams who can win away from home and this is one of those opportunities to check both of those boxes today. They they had that opportunity. I mean, not the Minnesota's a tournament team, but Minnesota was on the road and they blew that game in the second half. They didn't definitely not blow that game against the Wildcats down in Manhattan. This is another one of those chances that they have uh, to get away from home and prove to the selection committee, who's going to be looking at their resume in March, whether they can win away from home. That's going to be a big determining factor for not just Nebraska, but for every team on the bubble, uh, potentially later on uh, in a couple of months. So getting get, getting in another opportunity to do that, can they take advantage of it? They, they've been able to do a lot with their opportunities so far. Really, the, the I mean, the Creighton game, they, they were not really ever in. And then that Minnesota no. loss is the one that sticks in your craw. This is another one of those chances uh, where they can really make a big impression that will live on their resume all the way through the rest of the season. Look, they're a good team. Wisconsin's a really good team. Yep. they got really good players. Chucky Hepburn is one that always sticks out to you. Uh, A.J. Storr, sophomore guard, 6'7". Uh, he's had about, I think, like 14, 15 points a game this year. Tyler Wall is always going to be a problem. Uh, he definitely was a problem last year in Lincoln for this team. But look, last time these two teams played, Wisconsin had Nebraska up on the ropes. They were up by double digits, and, and it was a great comeback. That kind of, in all honesty, we were having legitimate discussions last season about whether or not Fred Hoiberg was going to keep his job. Yeah. And. Nebraska came back in that Wisconsin game and they won that. They were down 15 in the second half. They come back, they win it. It's a, it, it was kind of, I wouldn't say the birth of KSA ball, but there was a lot of KSA ball in it. It sparked what would be a great end of the year for this team and essentially saved Fred Hoiberg's job. And if they don't come back and win that Wisconsin game, there might be a very, very, very different Nebraska basketball program. So, uh, you know, this team and every time that uh, Hoiberg goes up against Wisconsin, it's got to have a little bit of a special meaning because you got to think he knows maybe just a little bit if they lose that game. He may not be the coach of Nebraska today. Um, but uh, Wisconsin, 7-1 and one at home this year. Seven, uh, their la- They've won their last seven at home as well. The Cole Center is a really tough place to play. You got to think that there are going to be a lot of people there uh, today, considering the fact that it's a Saturday. So um, it's going to be a great test. And road games are tough, man. Road games at college are tough. And you're absolutely right. You want to see if you can win away from home, because if you're going to make the NCAA tournament goal, you're not playing them at Pinnacle Bank Arena. Right. You're playing them all across the country. So you got to, you got to be comfortable away from home. And that that win against Kansas State, it encouraged you that this team can be. And I think just in general, this is just a a, a full view of Nebraska men's basketball. They've been able to take hits, but then recover from them. They have a bad road loss against Minnesota. They recognize, 
hey, we cannot do this again. We cannot be this bad on the road. They go on, they beat Kansas State. They have a terrible start against North Dakota. They say, we cannot be this bad. We can't take teams lightly. They go against South Carolina State, and they and they kill them, <laughs> right? And now, so they're learning. They're learning. And it's like they play terrible defense against Creighton. They come out, they play these Big Ten teams, and they played really good defense and so and 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 to your point this is a team that has the capability to score 80 but they also have the capability to hold their opponents to 50 but it always comes down to this consistency Cole. yeah consistency this isn't this team has not played a consistent 40 minutes against a power five team yet they've they've been up they've been down they've been really good on defense they've been bad on offense vice versa, whatever, consistency. And that's the number one thing if you're going to be a, a Big Ten contender and a tournament team, just being the same. And if they can do that, they have the talent to win a lot of games this year, and they've already won 10. Yeah. They have a big opportunity today. It's a one fifteen tip. Uh, you'll be able to hear the pregame show on KLIN here starting at 12.15. Nebraska-Wisconsin, number 21 Badgers uh, before Nebraska welcomes number one Purdue to Lincoln next week. All right, when we come back, uh, another model of consistency, friend of the show, Luke Mullen. He will be our first guest of 2024 from the Lincoln Journal-Star. We're going to run down quite a busy weekend of Husker football transfers. They are in town right now visiting. Uh, A little bit more football news as well to get to with Luke and plenty more hoops as we continue. That's Matt McMaster. I'm Cole Stukenholtz here on the KLIN Husker Hour. Husker football, basketball, baseball, and beyond. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1499.3 KLIN. As we get started here in 2024 here on the Husker Hour, we welcome back uh, a frequent guest of our show from 2023. It is Luke Mullen from the Lincoln Journal Star. Luke, Happy New Year. How are you? Doing great, Cole. How about you? I'm doing pretty well. We've got uh, we've got some hoops on deck for today. I uh, I want to get uh, at least uh, one thought on uh, how Nebraska ball's been going. Uh, what you've seen from uh, from your perch, and then I want to get into football. Uh, how how important has it been for uh, Nebraska basketball to to kind of capture everybody's imagination before these two uh, these two ranked team opportunities ahead of them with Wisconsin and Purdue? Yeah, it's huge. You know, when I when I look at this team. You know, obviously there's there's been some talented teams, you know, that Fred Hoiberg has had. He's had some really good shooters, had some good bigs. Uh, but to me, this year's group is the most emblematic of a team, if that makes sense. You know, they, yeah. they work together, they fight hard, um, especially the work that Josiah Alec and Juwan Gary did those two games with Rink Mast out. And now that he's back, I mean... That front court is dynamic. If K-State's going, this team is just um, really, really fun to watch. So I think just the the intensity that they play with and the the togetherness has just been so refreshing to to see. Hey, Luke, it's uh, McMaster here. Uh, we'll, we'll switch to football. You know, last year, one one of the, I would say, most stacked rooms going into the year was the running backs, and then uh, you know, unfortunately for the Oscars, uh, Gabe Irvin Jr. goes down with an injury. Ramir Johnson goes down with an injury. Uh, Anthony Grant, uh, you know, no longer with the team now. And and Emmett Johnson, he had a good a, a good season, but uh, you, you know, definitely isn't considered to be one of the elite backs in the Big Ten. My question for you, Luke, uh, you know, with uh, Dante Dottle coming in, uh, you know, visiting Nebraska this week, uh, it, do you think there's any concern? Uh, with the Nebraska running back room coming into this season, whether it be depth or talent or or um, uh, durability or anything like that, yeah, it's a it's a good question. You know, and I was looking at these weekend transfer visitors that they had coming in. You know, obviously wide receiver, linebacker, and then you know they they have the running back Dowdle coming in, and I was kind of like, ah, you know, I, I feel like wide receiver and linebacker are the more pressing needs there. Yeah. Um, personally, just because you, you, you need more guys there to come in and, and play right away. I feel like they've got the coverage there running back. But that being said, I mean, the staff is smart. They understand that in the Big Ten, 
you're probably going to get one, two of your running backs dinged up, you know, miss four, five, six weeks. You know, obviously it was almost the whole season for, for Gabe Irvin and Ramir Johnson last year. So, yeah, they can come into the off season and love all four scholarship backs they have. But at the same time, I do think that you get Dowdle in and you would feel so much better about that room just knowing that you have the veterans, you know, you've got the big guys, you've got the speedy receivers, like, There'd be a lot of different ways that they could utilize that backfield, but I, I, I'm happy, and I think the coaches should be good with how that running back room looks right now, but certainly there's always room for more depth, and, and they're very well aware of the fact that uh, it's extremely unlikely that all those guys make it through a whole year uninjured. Luke Mullen from the Lincoln Journal Star joining us here on Husker Hour. Uh, Luke, with... I mean, let's the main event, obviously, uh, with Nebraska football right now is Dylan Riola. He showed up at the Wednesday basketball game uh, and, and is in town to, uh, what do we say, uh, assist with the, the transfer portal recruitment uh, of some of these guys, probably especially the offensive guys, but really anybody who's going to be in Lincoln uh, this weekend. And uh, with the way that Nebraska has everything set up, uh, it's it's all kind of a symbiotic relationship. You've got these guys with these connections maybe on defense recruiting offensive guys who are from the areas that they know and everybody's just kind of helping out the just from from what you've heard from players that you've talked to uh recruits that you've talked to how does this staff make it all work with the the intercommunication and 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 not having I mean, there's obviously egos, but but just kind of sharing the load and, and making it work from a uh, from a communication perspective in recruiting. Yeah, I think when when I talk to a lot of recruits, um, you know what what they say most often is usually, you know, they first hear from Omar Hales or you know one of the other recruiting staffers that Nebraska has. You know, they kind of open up the channels of communication, and then. You know, if it's, a, if it's a good fit, if they have a good conversation, you know, oftentimes that's when position coach, coordinator uh, comes in. And especially, I think you look at the in-state guys, um, head coach Matt Rule is very active in, in calling them, building those relationships. But, you know, when they're spreading out across the country, um, yeah, they're, they're really relying on all those different recruiting staffers um, and as well the, the different assistant coaches tend to have obviously areas of the country that they focus in on more, you know, like for example, um, obviously Garrett McGuire's down in Texas a lot. Terrence Knighton goes down there too, tends to stay more in the Houston area. You've got Robin Voracek who, who recruits the state of Missouri almost exclusively for the staff. So those guys, you know, they've managed to build a lot of really good relationships in this last year. And I think especially when they get out on the road, start making visits, um, here again soon in the next couple of weeks. They're going to go to those areas that they go to often. Um, it, it should be pretty smooth sailing, um, you know, having been through this process once already. Um, and, and certainly, I think, from a communication standpoint, um, you know, once those players have built that relationship with the position coach, I mean, that is as good as it gets. You know, they're always texting, um, calling, staying in touch, seeing how the guys are doing. That's something that this staff does a really good job of building and maintaining those relationships. Luke, uh, Nebraska already has locked up another transfer portal um, commitment from Isaiah Nair, uh, former Wyoming wide receiver, went to Texas, got injured in 2022 with the knee, uh, didn't really get off the ground uh, last year, this season rather, with, with Texas in 2023. You know, only had one catch for 14 yards, but committed, going to be a Husker, 6'3", 185 pounds. What's your take on Nair's commitment? Yeah, I, I really like it. You know, to be honest, when they were bringing in both him and Jamal Banks, you know, this weekend, um, you know, hopefully for a visit, I, I like Banks too. You know, he, he's been super productive. Um, but you look at maybe the ceiling that Nayer could have, and you've got to be impressed um, just considering what he did at Wyoming. Obviously, it was a, a few seasons ago. But, I mean, if you look at that year that he had and – you can imagine, and, it, it, you know, I'm making a little bit of a stretch here, but let's say he was fully healthy, you know, coming off that year being in the portal. I mean, he would have had a ton of schools going after him. So I think yeah. in in that regard, Nebraska's maybe um, did well with the timing here. You know, a guy coming off an injury who's got a lot of potential, um, you know, to, to turn it back around and be that impact. So 
I think it's good. You know, they, they got him in quickly, got him committed. Um, always a great sign, you know, for the, the recruiting process there that they're able to get those guys in. And from an on-field standpoint, I think it's crucial uh, for that outside wide receiver position. You need that yeah. size. You need those playmakers. Obviously, Malachi Coleman um, is a guy you'd look to there. Alex Bull, I've filled in a little bit, but you need a veteran there. And this guy's going to yeah. be able to come in. I'm, I'm fairly confident that he should be back to full health. Obviously, they'll work him out uh, this spring. And to me, he, he's got all the makings of a difference maker and at a position where they desperately needed one. Few more minutes here with Luke Mullen of the Lincoln Journal Star. Uh, the, we, we've talked about obviously the the wide receivers that are in town. Uh, Dante Dowdell at running back. What are we going to see at quarterback? Do you anticipate Nebraska bringing in uh, maybe a veteran guy to to help kind of fill out this room and and how does that potentially affect the plans for Heinrich Harbor going into twenty twenty four? Yeah, um, i i would I would lean towards. Uh, saying that, yes, they will bring in a veteran quarterback uh, sometime in the next few months just out of necessity. Um, what I'll be interested to see is what the timeline is on there and what they maybe prioritize because um, it, there's definitely a path towards they could get a graduate transfer. You know, obviously that's how Chubba Purdy entered the portal um, and, you know, is able to move on. You get a grad transfer from somewhere. Or what I'd also be interested in is post spring practice, you know, when that transfer portal window opens up again, it's, you know, it's possible that they evaluate that quarterback position through the spring, you know, that, that window opens up again, go get a veteran in then. Um, but what I would, what I would anticipate is maybe something more, more along the lines of what they did last year, uh, which was bringing Luke Longball, you know, Iowa Western guy, went to the postgraduate camp, um, you know, able to just come in as, that's, you know, not a, a scholarship addition or a guy who'd been, you know, starting or, or fighting for an FBS starting job. So it depends, you know, on the quality of prospect that they bring in. But I certainly think that Heinrich Harburg's uh, position in that room is, is fully secure. He's, he's the veteran. He's the guy who, you know, spent this last year learning Marcus Dodderfield's offense. Average Station Strong, your source for everything digital. This is the bring in a six you know, year guy who has starting experience. You're hearing the a mentor too, but I just find that um, a little bit difficult to see, I think, in, in all likelihood. Just text Huskers to eight three two zero zero. Standard text messaging rates apply and may vary by carrier. This is Luke, a quick question before we, we let you go here. Over this kind of special transfer portal, you know, window between the third and the seventh, they're gonna Nebraska's gonna bring in Five guys, two linebackers, a running back. They already brought in Nayer and Jamal Banks, both wide receivers. But, you know, there's a bit of a numbers crunch, right, between uh, the scholarships. It seems like Nebraska is kind of pushing at least the numbers that, that we, the public, know. They're pushing about 100 scholarships. They're supposed to have 85 come season. Um, how many do you think of these visitors can they really take? And is this kind of number? crunch of these massive classes and all these scholarship players is that an actual concern for this program having gone through last off season and coming back to this one and it's still the number crunch i'm going to say no it's i don't think it's an issue honestly okay. i think okay with with just the way that you're able to you know subsidize guys you know college experience through nil um i think that the scholarship limit has obviously um, faded in importance a little bit for some of these big schools, and that's that's kind of been a point of contention for you know some of the Group of Five schools saying, hey, you know we got a guy offered him a scholarship, and he's going to go walk on at the school instead. Like the the balance of the playing field, you know that I think that's an issue for a little bit for the Group of Five, but solely from a Nebraska perspective, um, certainly there are ways to get creative with this and. I, I'd be lying to you if I said I fully <laughs> understand, you know, all the different uh, scholarship regulations when they can or can't, you know, give a guy an NIL opportunity, you know, depending on whether they official visit it or not. Uh, but certainly, obviously, they have a, a very large compliance staff that, you know, goes through, deals with these issues, um, you know, figures out what guys they can maybe move on or off of scholarships. So it's just a little bit difficult to say because, None of this information is public. You know, it's going to be between the players, between the athletic department, you know, between the compliance department. Like, there's a lot of different moving pieces here, but 
I will say I'm fully confident if they're bringing in a guy in this window to come to campus to visit, they have room for him. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, he he's an Everton fan, but we won't deduct him any points. Uh, he's uh, he's all above board here on the Husker Hour. That's Luke Mullen from the he's, Lincoln. He's Journal a Cowboy Star. fan, though, so we'll deduct him points for that. Oh for sure. no! Oh yeah. no! Wow. Don't don't kick us out of the playoffs, at least. Come on. <laughs> no, we'll we'll just have to wait a couple weeks for that. You know, we'll yeah, just you know right. we're just waiting. We're just waiting. First round exit coming up. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, don't play San Francisco. So that's 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 the key to Cowboy success. That's right. They can avoid them for a little while. All right. Hey, uh, Luke, uh, thanks for the time. Uh, first guest of 2024. We appreciate it, and we'll talk again soon. Yep. Good to see you guys, as always. All right. There he goes. Luke Mullen uh, from the Lincoln. Always the Journal best. Star. On the Mount Rushmore of uh, Husker Hour guest, Mr. Luke Mullen. Always good talking to him. Yes. And, and yeah, we're. I want to I dig in a little bit more into what this Transfer Portal weekend has uh, in store. Uh, you, you ran down quickly the, the five guys. I want to go a little deeper on that uh, when we come back. And I also, Matt, want to get to, I think, the coolest story of the Nebraska football offseason. Uh, that and more all coming up here on the KLI and Husker Hour right after this. with current and former Huskers and those that cover the Big Red. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1499.3 KLIN. Glad you're with us live this morning, uh, listening over the KLIN app. Uh, if, uh, if you are trying to listen over the air and had to revert over to the app. We uh, are aware there's uh, an issue with our over the air signal here uh, at KLIN. We're working to resolve that ASAP for you. Uh, and and our thanks to Luke Mullen from the Lincoln Journal Star just joined us uh, talking a little bit more uh, Husker football. Uh, we're hopefully this uh, uh, the signal issue won't affect our podcast and and you can listen back to that uh, wherever you get your podcast. Just search oh, K L I N Husker Hour. Uh, Matt, with this visit weekend. Uh, you mentioned the Isaiah Nayer commitment that came um, already, and Jamal Banks, another wide receiver who's here on his visit, and then there's the running back and the two linebackers. Uh, if you were to pick any one of these guys, would would Nayer be the guy, or, or are you kind of leaning on uh, maybe wanting Dowdell at the running back position as your your top priority out of this weekend? If you're if you're Matt, is Rule? it Dowdell or Dowdle? I've said Dowdell, but. I don't know. There's also there's also Dowdle. Rayola I'll and Riola, so who knows I'll what. I'll say Dowdle, and you say Dowdell, and then if he commits, we can find out who's who. Okay? <laughs> I like it. I like it. Okay, we're going to roll with that. Uh, him, the running back. Yeah. They need a running back. Yeah. I Look, I love Emmett Johnson. I really do. Um, I think that he's going to be really good, and he's going to develop, so on and so forth. But, but it's the Big Ten. And with how this team likes to play football, you need more than one running back. And I think Luke brought up a great point about how just Big Ten teams in general, you are going to have injuries. You're going to have guys who are out. Look at Michigan. You know, Blake Horn was was banged up. And uh, luckily for them, they had Donovan Edwards. And look at Wisconsin. Braylon Allen was out. They didn't really have anyone behind Braylon Allen to kind of carry that load. And so in this running conference, in this physical conference with a coaching staff that wants to play that physical game, you need more and more running backs. So, you know, they got down all the way to their fourth string running back last year, and now you're assuming they're going to bring in two guys guys back in Irvin Jr. and Johnson. But let's just call a spade a spade here, Cole. They they haven't proven that they can be healthy for an entire season. And so... You need a guy like Dowdle, who is very highly ranked. He was a higher-ranked recruit than Kawan Lacey was. Um, it's just, you know, he's transferring Oregon because they're bringing back the running backs from last year. And so it, it just makes sense for him to move on. And I think that Nebraska's a really good spot for him. This um, staff has been pushing to get him really hard, especially considering the fact that they were unable to get a running back recruit um out of uh, 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 high school. So, yeah. um, you know, they, they still got, uh, God, I'm blanking on his name. Um, the guy, the freshman that they got last year. Oh, um, um, yeah, Quentin Knives. Quentin Knives. 
I'm excited to see. Hopefully, we get to see Quinn Nye. Yeah, absolutely. Because we've heard nothing but good things about him. But yeah, I think Dowdle is a really important piece for them to get. Uh, but right behind, right behind him, it's got to be the linebacker position. Yeah. the The key with what Nebraska is going to do on offense in 2024 is to surround. Whoever the starting quarterback is, I think everybody kind of assumes that it'd be Dylan Raiola. Uh, we we it's got to be right. Can we just have a quick convo on that? It's got to be. Yeah, I mean the the staff and the players are going to have to go through the song and dance of earning the job and being competitive and having sure. it be open. But yeah, I, I don't think anybody is not like nobody's betting on Daniel Kalen or Heinrich Harburg or unnamed senior transfer portal guy, right? I, yeah, I, I agree. I I I think it's going to be. I'm way more interested in who gets the backup job. Yeah. Yeah, that that Way that will be interested in that. That will be one be to watch. So so, whoever the quarterback is, assuming it's Dylan Raiola, the key for the twenty twenty four offense is going to be to surround that guy with as much consistency and as much talent as you possibly can. The offensive line needs to be consistent and good. Uh, but but consistent, like you you need that guy who's under center in shotgun, whatever. You need him to feel like he knows what's going to happen from his own team. He knows what to expect from his teammates. That way, he can process what the defense is doing and then go make plays. You need to have the tight end position be uh, a, a weapon for you. You need to have Thomas Fedoni stay healthy for a 2024 season, just like he did in 23, finally making an impact on the field uh, and living up to to the talent that, that he has. You want the wide receivers to continue to take that next step. You get Isaiah Nayer. His commitment's going to be helpful, and, and the freshman will take another step as well. And and frankly, Matt, you're right. I, I agree with you. I think the running back here visiting Dante Dowdell uh, is going to be my most important get in this transfer weekend as well. If you can, if you can add somebody who has number one the the talent that came through with his high school tape and and why he was such a highly ranked recruit, uh, and obviously you're not going to Oregon if you're not pretty talented. Uh, and and number two, experience in a Power Five program, experience with yeah. a top ten roster, and knowing what it takes to be successful, knowing what it takes to be on, on the cusp of a playoff bid. All of those things, all of that can come and and help out a guy like Dylan Riola under center because you need to be able to lean on other players. He's not going to be able to do it by himself. I'm Riola, I mean. He he needs that that surrounding cast, that supporting cast to to be able to support him in in a lot of different ways, not the least of which is to be really talented and, and to just make something out of nothing once in a while. Because when when you are uh, a defensive team like Nebraska was in 2023, and I would anticipate probably being in 2024, the offense still has to do at least enough to get you some points so that you can play from ahead and then start to squeeze that opposing offense. If you don't have enough guys to stay healthy, be talented, be consistent, you're not going to be able to rely on just the, the true freshman quarterback to come in and do it all for you. Ask UCLA how that worked for him last year. Right. You know, Dante Moore comes in incredibly. I mean, I'm pretty sure he was a higher rated recruit than Rayola out of college or out of high school was. And he showed a lot of struggles because they kind of just threw him into the fire. And I, they expected him to, to be this, you know, do it all, save us type quarterback. You just can't expect a true freshman, no matter how talented they are, no matter how great of an arm that they have to go and do that. So I totally agree with you. It's, it's all about surrounding them. And, you know, I think it's one guy that I'm really interested in is Carter Nelson. I think that he yeah. is, is, you know, they talked about how just Carter Nelson, let me just make this very clear. Good football player, good football player, but he did not get recruited by Alabama and he did not get recruited by Notre Dame because of his tape necessarily. He got recruited by those top, top programs because of how much of a freak athlete he is. And when Matt Rule talks about he's a positionless player and he can put him anywhere on the field and he'll be okay with it, he wasn't joking. And I'm really interested to see how you talk about the tight ends. I, I'm just I'm really excited to see how Carter Nelson fits into this offense next year because, you know, we're being honest here, and this is a question to you, Cole, how much better do we feel about this offense coming into the season? Like, 
We got we we you have the same. I'll say you should feel better about the wide receivers because they're young. Yeah, and they're you got to assume that they're going to get better. Um, you still have a couple holes on the on the offensive line now that Ethan Piper isn't there, and you got guys who are still having surgeries. The Willie's so, gone as well. And, and Newilly's gone as well, and I don't know how much we can just count on these four four star offensive or Nebraska can count on, on these four star offensive linemen to just plug and play. Uh, the tight ends you got to feel good about, but the running back went from a strength to now we're kind of questioning what they're going to do. And you're starting with true freshman. You're you're more than likely going to be starting with true freshman quarterback. It, like my question to you is, how much better do you feel about this offense from? Last year to this year, because in all honesty, yeah. I feel a little bit better, but I don't. I don't feel a lot better. Yeah, I, and I I feel like the 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 offense is going to start up front, and and I feel like the offensive line took a step forward. You do have some important guys returning, uh, so I, I do feel pretty good about the line. You don't need the true freshmen that are coming in to make an immediate impact. Uh, you you do have. Last year's class, who's got a, a year under their belt, that that they're a yeah. little bit more seasoned yeah. now too. You feel better Absolutely. about the line. Um, I'm going to feel better about the true freshman receivers having gotten experience. Coleman and Lloyd and Doss, and and I think they take a step. And the pass game will take a big step forward. Heinrich Harbor, God love him. He won all five games in in his starts this past season. Uh, he started eight games, won five of them. He he was limited in the pass game. You're just you're just going to have a little bit more juice in the pass game. I know he's a true freshman, but you just will with Dylan Riola. You just will. So I do think the offense will be positioned to take that step. They start a little uh, uh, slower with the the schedule, uh, similar to the way Nebraska men's basketball started. They, they've got a little bit of an ease into the schedule next year with four straight home games to start. So they have the opportunity to gel and, and find kind of figure that out early on. So yeah, I, I do think the offense will be. Better than 2023, it's a low bar, but I think they'll be better than 2023. The question for me will be, will, will that defense still be able to maintain that same level? Real quick, before we, we get to our break, yeah. you talk about Lloyd, you talk about Doss, you talk about Malachi Coleman. There's another freshman wide receiver that not a lot of people, because he just wasn't really around, he wasn't playing, Demetrius Bell yeah. from Tennessee. He was a late pickup, four-star, um, you know, just wasn't really in the, in the picture last year. I've heard nothing but incredible things about what he was doing at practice and on the scout team. And, you know, he's going to be an option next year for this offense. So I think I just want to put that in the in the air. Demetrius Bell, from what I've heard, has been doing big, big things at practice, has been yeah. working out really well. So I think that might be another guy that, uh, you know, we don't know about, but could make a big impact. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's, a, that's a definitely a good pull. All right, uh, when we come back, uh, we are going to get you ready for the weekend. We've got wrestling. There is Nebraska women, Nebraska men, uh, and uh, women's gymnastics got off to a hot start as well. We've got all of that uh, and more, uh, plus the All-American game. Uh, the All-American Bowl uh, is today on NBC. We'll tell you which Husker commits uh, are playing in that one later on today as well. It's all coming up here on the KLIN Husker Hour. Your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers is right here. You're listening to the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1499.3 KLIN. Husker Wrestling is in action today at the Devaney Center, 2 o'clock. They've got a triangular match. And Matt, guess who's joining Husker Wrestling? You know, I've been asking this question. You have, I remember, yeah. I've been asking this question. Why doesn't Nash Hutmaker wrestle? I mean, he was the guy spent two minutes on the mat his junior year in his state championships in high school. He didn't lose one match in high school in wrestling. He had 72 straight pins in high school wrestling. He was the one of the greatest high school wrestlers of all time. Period. End of story. Sorry to kind of bury the lead. He's wrestling tonight. Or t- uh, uh, I think today, right? They're today, yeah. Today at 2 o'clock. Mark Manning announced it. Yeah, he's he's joining the team. Dude, How I'm excited. <laughs> I'm going to watch it. I'm, I'm yeah. pumped. I want to see it happen. Also, too, because Nash is uh, he's a really he's a really good guy. I've met him a couple times. Like He's a very, very nice person. 
hard worker. Everyone in that kind of program loves him, talks about it. And apparently I've been told he looks like a monster right now at 285. Like he looks like an animal. So <laughs> I, I'm really excited to see him wrestle. And, and you know, this, this could be, look, Nebraska wrestling is number four in the country right now. And yeah. they got some studs on that team. And so this is another addition where if he could kind of muster up that that magic he had in high school, and, and even though he's been away from the sport for two years, kind of find that groove again, it, it'll be massive. I'll say this, though. They, they duel Wyoming and Northern Iowa today, but next week, Iowa. So Nash Hotmaker's got to get a little bit of a tune-up here today, hopefully get a win, and then he's going to face the, the biggest test of them all, taking on Iowa next week. Yeah, look, we, we talked earlier today about the, the transfer portal for, for football. Uh, how about Mark Manning hitting the transfer portal with the I, Nebraska yeah. football team, and you just go get uh, the former number one national heavyweight wrestler from the high school ranks. That Nash Hutmaker was that good, as you mentioned. Uh, so that's, uh, that's going to be and, pretty fun. And shout-out rule, because I'm sure that this is something that Hutmaker has wanted to do, and, and it seems like, I mean, obviously he's Matt Rule's been supportive of every player endeavor that at least has made been has been made public to us. Yep. So good on Matt Rule, letting him go out and, and do another sport. And, you know, we kind of saw in that Big Ten documentary how supportive Rule was of, you know, uh, Hotmaker's wrestling ability. Yeah. Yeah. So that is uh, a triangular. Uh, it's going to be both Wyoming and Northern Iowa uh, here today at the Devaney Center. Uh the, the basketball teams, we, we touched on the men a little bit earlier. The women have a big, big game to, tomorrow. It is the, uh, it's the Brit Prince Invitational, if you will. Her, her runner-up was Indiana. She picked Nebraska. Uh, she'll be coming uh, to Lincoln, staying home. And, and that, was, that was Matt McMaster's runner-up, too. Yeah, it, absolutely. And, and That's a lot of people's runner-up. Nebraska is uh, 3-0 and in the Big Ten. They beat Maryland with, uh, if I recall, three double-doubles. In that game, they just dominated on the glass, uh, and then they they grinded out a big win against Wisconsin, and that sets up a a huge matchup tomorrow with the Hoosiers. Uh, you have had a lot more opportunities to watch this women's team. What what are we expecting tomorrow? Well, so I wrote uh, the the Wisconsin game gritty. I'll tell you something, yeah. it was gritty. They got up. It seemed like they controlled the game. Wisconsin started hitting threes. They started getting to the line. Uh, Amy Williams, man, she's a good coach. Implemented a 3-2 zone, or I think it's our 2-3 zone uh, in the fourth quarter. It locked down Wisconsin. Um, overall, this Nebraska women's basketball team can beat anyone. I truly, truly believe that. They don't have the ranked win. It'll be a heck of an opportunity against Indiana, who's a really good team this year. I, I will say this. This is my overall take on the team for those who may not know too much or may not watch a lot of games, but we know Nebraska fans, if you're, like I said, if you build it, they will come. And I think a lot of people will start watching women's basketball more because they are a really good team. They don't have a superstar, okay? And and by the way, my definition of superstar is you're one of the five best people in the country. They don't have that. But what they do have is Jazz Shelley and Alexis Markowski. Yeah. And, and on any given night, one of those players can play like one of the best players in the country, can play like a superstar. And that's a heck of a lot more than what a lot of teams have. So they have Markowski and they have Shelley, and when they're going, they are, are they are incredible. But on top of that, they have a freshman in Natalie Potts who is on the fast track to be one of the best Nebraska ba- women's basketball players ever. I mean, her uh, uh, IQ on the court is incredible. She comes from a winning high school program in, in Missouri. Uh, you know, won uh, I think a couple state titles. She, the the Missouri Gatorade Player of the Year. She is an incredible. Already has stepped into the college game and has made a massive impact. And when the Huskers were struggling in the second half on offense, they couldn't go anywhere other than Natalie Potts. And so Potts has played a massive role for this team. We came in to this year, Cole, asking with Isabel Bourne not returning for her final year, where are they going to find that missing offense? They found it in Natalie Potts. And then on top of that, we've seen a lot of improvement for players like Kendall Coley, who made two threes against Wisconsin. We've seen a lot of improvement from Callan Hake, from Kendall Moriarty. He's done a great job in the defensive end and on the boards. And then Darian White has fit in almost seamlessly with 
Shelly. So it, it, it's been it's a it's a good team, and they're playing good basketball right now. Yeah, they are. And and uh, you mentioned Markowski. She was preseason first team All Big Ten, and she's uh, into the top five all time in Nebraska women's basketball history for double doubles. She's got thirty this year. It is uh, number fourteen Indiana against Nebraska. That one's tomorrow at one o'clock. You can listen to that one over on B one hundred seven point three with pregame starting at twelve thirty. All right, we've got to get to our last break here. And uh, we'll get you ready for uh, the All-American Bowl. There's three Husker commits that you're going to be able to see in that game today on uh, on NBC. Uh, and then uh, the men, we're going to get you ready for that matchup. Uh, both the men and women taking on ranked teams this weekend. Big, big weekend for hoops. That is uh, coming your way. We're back right after this to wrap things up on the KLIN Husker Hour. Giving you a complete review of the Huskers news this week. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, if you're tuned in, Matt, to the All-American Bowl today, you'll see Carter Nelson, Grant Bricks, and Gibson Pyle all in action. Uh, Nebraska commits that are going to be in the All-American Bowl. That's today at noon on NBC. Big opportunity for those guys. Yeah, especially for Nelson, you know, there just hasn't been a ton of competition up where he was playing eight-man football. So I think a lot of people, like we were last year with Malachi Coleman, are excited to see uh, him take on the very best in the country. Yeah. Uh, Husker men, they're in action tomorrow. Or no, today, sorry. That's uh, today. uh, The tip-off is at one fifteen. You can hear that right here on KLIN. And uh, tomorrow, not tomorrow, Monday, uh, college football playoff championship. Who you got, Michigan or Washington? Uh, Washington. Washington. Okay, I'll take Michigan. I think uh, quarter- I just picked the quarterback. You just got to pick the quarterback. That's uh, it. If Michael Texas, Penix. if Texas committed to the run, they would have won that game. I think. Michigan Do you know that Michael commit. Penix is a second round pick, at least projected to be? That's crazy. Injury way. history. I mean, he uh, yeah. he looks like the best quarterback in the country. He he does. Uh, Matt, I believe is back next week in studio. I am. Yeehaw! I am. The band back together. We're excited about that. Uh, we're excited to uh, have another one in the books. Twenty twenty four. Here we come. Go big red.